look like a fancy boy in these clothes? You're dang right I do, and I don't know how to dress myself. This is all thanks to our sponsor, Stitch Fix. They've reimagined how to find and buy clothes, and you never have to leave the house. You can play Friday the 13th all day long and let them do the work for you. It's that easy. Just go to stitchfix.com and tell them your sizes, your favorite type of clothes, and how much you want to spend. Your personal stylist then gets all to work, and she's in there doing hard stuff. Do, 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 do. And he's picking up stuff, and he's putting on pictures. I don't know how he or she does it when they get it, but they pick clothes for you. Five items are then delivered right to your door. You try them on at home, and you only pay for what you keep. Shipping free both ways, so anything you don't want, you just send back, and exchanges are always free, too. You can get your fix monthly, quarterly, or whenever you feel like it. There's no subscription required. It's easy. The shipping is free. Why not give them a try? I promise you'll be hooked. Look how good I look. Get started now. Actually, look how good I look if you're on YouTube. If you're an ad person, just take. Or if, I mean, if you're a person on the MP3, take my word for it. I look really good. Get started now at stitchfix.com/greggy, and you'll also get 25% off when you keep all five, five items in your box. That's stitchfix.com/greggy to get started today. Stitchfix.com/greggy. Looks so good, Gia will leave Tim for you. That's my goal. Grab onto it and hold on to that energy. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Game Over Greggy Show. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the producer slash seducer in a two-tone shirt that I can't get over. Nick Scarpino. Oh, I didn't even notice the second tone. I appreciate that, guys. Andy, yeah, that's damn. Little, Andy and I talked about it today. Oh, that yeah. it's very. Andy was saying it's very Bruce Wayne esque. He could see. He yeah, could see Bruce Wayne in this kind of shirt. I like a ninja out there. He said that the 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 back of it's normal T-shirt, but the front of it may be a carbon fiber mesh. Yeah, like is the back normal? Mesh. Yeah, it's just normal. So it's the back in this. Oh, the back in the sleeves. Sure. It's like a nice little wrap around. Yeah, it's just this front. It's just this Ooh. front. It's a little little texture. You know, I'm going up on stage tonight at a uh, probably another coffee shop. If, so if CW look Network ever made a Batman show, he would wear that yep. shirt. Yeah, would because they'd be like, yeah, right. And he, and he developed this special material that's that's not cotton. Bulletproof, though. And it, like, yeah. And, yeah. like, dodges, he lets him dodge yeah. bullets and now, it turns him into, yeah. The Black Ranger would Here's my yeah. question for you guys. You guys are all professionals in your own right. Some of us more than others. I mean, I'm not um, really professional in any right, but. Why? Did, can, can, can the armor stop a bullet but not a knife? You answer me that question, sir, and I'll tell you the biggest what? flaw with the Dark Knight well, the, right there. Well, with Dark Knight Rises or Dark Knight? Dark Knight. Remember, he's like, it's, 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 the armor is made in plates. Right. So it's good for bullets, but it can't stop a direct he knife. He was talking about the mesh in between the plates. But why wouldn't the they mesh. make that bulletproof, too? Because then he couldn't be move. He'd be back to the yeah, whole stiff uh, Batman thing. They explained it. They yeah. actually explained it. This is that. actually explained have in you, the have you seen, have I'm you seen a movie called Robocop. Yes, I have seen Robocop, sir. Great. Have you seen how Robocop moves? <laughs> Dud! Right. Right. Shooting dicks off? Shooting dicks off. There's oh, a part right. where he shot right. a guy and in the was in, that was in the Game Boy game also. And as a kid... Was it really? Was it really? Yeah. I couldn't figure it out as a kid. I was like, oh, well, I don't know what the fuck to do. And I couldn't get past the, the sec. Goes out. The first level was like, you walk by and you like shop. You're like, you're like, do, 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 do. And then the second level, you have to shoot the guy in the balls... And I didn't know that because I was like, "What the fuck? How do you? How do I rescue this lady?" Uh, because it, it, it becomes a Game Boy becomes, becomes a fucking POV style first oh, person like shooter. Not, yeah. okay, okay, okay. And you have no. to like aim the targets. And I couldn't figure it out. Then I watched the movie. And I was like, like, "Oh my god, so that's what I was supposed to do." What yeah. an accurate take. 
on the, you know what I mean? Like yeah. the most so, accurate video you game adaptation. Some liberties with that. When you shoot him in the head, maybe because it's over here. No, we, like, I, I want right to. We all t- uh, pure one at Tim Gettys. What's the most? As we all know, when you play a video game based on a movie, you just want to have the exact same experience as the movie. Exactly. Absolutely. If that's 100%. you know, so many people Absolutely. do this. They try to expand it. Like, no, back in the day, that's all we wanted. Mm. And yeah. ladies and gentlemen, joining us for the first time ever, Addy Shankar. Yay! Star of Hollywood. Star of Hollywood. That's Star you. Hollywood. That's what they're, what they're wow. calling you these you, days. Uh, before we went live, we determined you are now, if people don't know your work, you are like a big fat guy with a gold chain and a cigar so, saying, I'm going to oh make you kid. God. I made you kid. No, you're you're going to be a star thing. now. Yeah. You did the big thing here. Because yeah. you're, you're a big time Hollywood couch. producer. That's what you do. That's what, you, well, that's that's, what they call yeah. you. You made the show. You made, the, you made Castlevania happen. That was, uh, was a dream come true, man. You made Dread happen. All by yourself, nobody and, else, and no the, help, uh, nobody else. No, well, and then you the, made yeah. James Vanderbeek happen. This guy, no, nobody had heard of. It did happen, yeah. yeah. Did happen. <laughs> That's <laughs> the most important thing. The sure. power, power slash Rangers. It was you. It's all you. That was crazy. That was, yeah. that was just a crazy moment in my life. The YouTube videos. <clears throat> uh, well, power slash Rangers. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, because I, I was literally like quitting. I, I, I was. I was done, right? I was out. I was like, fuck this place, fuck this town, fuck Hollywood. this industry. Yeah, okay. it's just it's just nonsense. And I wanted to quit. So I shut everything down. Um, I had like a like a small company. I shut that down as well. I was getting ready to go to graduate school. For what? I wasn't sure. Um, okay. I didn't know if I wanted to enter politics or if it was going to be business or law. I was like, look, I want to try other things because... I, I, I never had a consistent home, right? Every two and a half years, my family was relocating to to a different country with a different culture, a different society altogether. So, Greg, I spent my whole life without having this sense of home. And then all of a sudden I woke up and I'd lived in, in Hollywood for years. I'd been in the movie industry and this was my home. Yeah. This was the only consistent home I'd had. And I wanted to, uh, and I wanted to, to all of a sudden expand my horizons because I felt claustrophobic. It felt claustrophobic to me, and I made a list of three things that I wanted to do before I split. Uh, number one was like, you know, I, I've had this crazy idea since I was seven for for uh, for Power Rangers, and this is this wasn't an idea as much as it as it was how I saw the show as a seven-year-old right because no in my shit, mind really. it was dark yeah it was dark because i wanted to be these guys and i was like man you, but but they, they, they're they're how do they get time to do their homework mm-hmm. right <laughs> it was little mm-hmm. things like that that i was that you know um so getting to not only make that but release it and having having the world react to it in, in the way that they did it was it was an eye-opening experience for me you know and it's kind of led to to the this this new offshoot of my career that I'm currently in uh, what I'm currently uh, experiencing right now uh, you know it, it directly led to to uh, the the opportunities that have come since then like, yeah. like Castlevania yeah which is great by the way thank you that's my man right there. So, no, I, it was for me that was a meme no he had he say he clearly had plenty to go around and I took some sir cuz he offered I did offer Eddie What's the nutshell pitch for you? Someone's listening to the show right now and doesn't know who you are. And now they go, oh, he was involved with Castlevania, he's involved with Dredge, he's involved with this uh, Power Rangers thing they're talking about from YouTube. How do you describe yourself? Because I gave you a joking intro and we were talking about shooting dicks off and then we got into the weeds right away, which I like. This is a great show already. Yeah. 
I don't know. I don't know it's, how I did because you're pro- your producer, right? You're Hollywood producer, which again, cigar chain. Mm, you're gonna guy. make it in this mm. town. I, mm-hmm. I have no. I honestly, Greg, I have no idea. Yeah, I have no idea. I sit down in meetings with people with with uh, like when studios call me in. Sure. And I've I've started doing this. I go I go. I have a question for you, and I'm like, please don't read into this the wrong way. It's just an honest question. How do you see me? Into their, you can just see the gears in their brain break. And they, no, no. And they, they they're like, they're about, like that's, a, that's a great question. They're, they'll always say, that's a great question. And then they'll start, and, and it's never one word, right? Yeah. Um, um, the, the only time someone's actually given me a one word response was um, great guy, Caleb Worthy. He's, uh, he's, the, he's the lead in Embodied, which is... Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, a, a rap battle satire, social satire that I produced um, with Eminem, actually. Um, uh, it, it's a wonderful film. I'm super proud of it. Joseph Kahn, who I collaborated with on Power, on Power Slash yeah. Rangers, directed it. Um, Same dude that directed all the Taylor Swift videos right. um, and the Thong Song video. It, it won the audience audience award at, uh, at, at both Toronto, the Toronto International Film Festival, and at Fantastic Fest. Um, Critics are loving it. It's just I'm I, I couldn't be happier for Joseph, um, Calum Worthy. He's he's the he's one of the leads in that film. He's also if you saw American Vandal on Netflix, <gasps> big fans love that show. He's the dude with the braces. No, no fucking way! Yeah. <laughs> All right, that man. is awesome. Calum's great. Calum is he's a this kid is a <laughs> he's a star. He's a star in the making. <laughs> I'm gonna make him a star. He's already a star. He's a, he's a Disney Channel. He's a Disney Channel uh, uh, actor. He was is on this, a show called oh, Austin and Alley. Um, I actually I, this met is him jo- because I I was acting in a Disney Channel movie. So you realize that you're just living my dream life, right? Really? Yeah. You're, oh, yeah. I mean, what you just said about Power Rangers, that is how I saw Power Slash Rangers, totally, where I'm like, that's what I remember watching Power Rangers and feeling like this is what it was to me. And I, we talked since I first met this I was dude. Say, I was like, I want to make a dark, gritty Power Rangers thing. You, it was one of those things that was it was great. Obviously, when it happened, Tim was excited, but there was also the part of him that was broken. Because yeah. he had talked about forever. You always want to do an IG and April Fool's Day video, right? right? That was going to be the dark Power Rangers. But the thing is, like, what you did was so special, and it, it just succeeded on all fronts of what Power Rangers means to me and what it can can be, and including like the Zeo references and stuff. This wasn't just some cash grab, like, oh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. It's what you know about oh, no, it. Like, it. You're was a fucking a, fan. It was a a a laser precise video made for people who loved the first and second season as much as I did. I used to go to to, to swimming practice and lie to all the kids and tell them I was best friends with Jason just to be cool. Tim still says that to a lot of people. Right? Yeah. I'd be like, yeah, no, me That's and Jason were hanging out. Yeah, yeah, he uh, taught me some karate moves. Some sweet karate moves. Karate. Oh, the end. And the kids were like sort of blown away, and then they were like, "No, he doesn't really know Jason." So wait, dial it back. Dial it back a little bit. Walk me through the 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 process of this. That joke just totally didn't land. It wasn't really a joke. It was a true story, and I was just kind of like, "Man, I like lied to a bunch. I started lying at a young." It's okay. We've all lied to young kids in our in our our time. I do it literally every weekend in the van, rolling by. I'm sorry. Sorry, that's every month. you, you were saying oh no so, so this yeah. is what I, this is my question to you so we you know when we were at IGN we wanted to do something fun like this but but we obviously never got the opportunity to do it so you go okay I have this idea of I want to do kind of a 
a different take on Power Rangers, how I see it. Then what happens? Do you call Joseph Kahn and go, hey, somebody go rob a bank. Let's get some money together. Because the production values on that were not insignificant. Like, it was a really well-made project. And that's that's all because of Joseph. I mean, it's Joseph's... Was he your first call for that? Or who, who was the first call when you were like, let's get this going? Or was it just kind of a... Yeah, it was Joseph. I, I literally, you know, uh, he had made this, this brilliant film uh, called Detention. Mm-hmm. And he'd given me the DVD. The, the, the Blu-ray. And uh, we literally met like a week before this, for the first time. Uh, and he'd given me a Blu-ray. And he's like, uh, and he's like, and I called him up. I was like, Joe, you want to, let, let's, let's hang out. So he came over to my place and he's like, hey, did you watch Detention? I'm like, yeah, I didn't watch it. <laughs> I hadn't watched it. And I was like freaking out. I'm like, why did you say yeah? Like, don't. Like, You're like, could have just said no. Uh, as long then, as you have no follow-up right questions, yes, I did. I did. Yeah. And then he's like, hey, so uh, uh, let me break it down for you. And I'm like, okay. And then I realized I didn't have a Blu-ray player. So I was like, and he'd given me the Blu-ray. It was this whole production. You really don't like technology. Yeah, I really don't. (laughs) I'm a a technology foe. So we end up downloading it on iTunes. Mm -hmm. And he starts breaking down shot by shot how he did every visual effect, every camera move. Like, you know, he he was like, and, and I realized... The, 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 the level of sophistication in his filmmaking, right? This is an art. I'm not talking about production. I'm not talking about other. I'm talking about just the, the, the way he was moving the camera, the way he designed the sets, the way he, he was blocking scenes. I mean, this is Steven Spielberg level uh, uh, of craftsmanship. Mm-hmm. And I said, Joseph, you should be doing massive blockbusters. Right, because it's it's that language, it's that language of communication. Because it's it's not just about explosions and and uh, and and cool car chases, filmmaking. There's there's a language behind it. It's a it's it's a way to communicate to to a lot of people through through these images spliced together. Right. Let me let me give you an example of of the power of filmmaking. Um, do you guys all remember the the uh, Star Wars? I've heard okay. of them. Uh, do you all remember the scene with Darth Vader and, and Luke Skywalker where they're fighting you mm-hmm. know, at the end of uh, Empire Strikes Back? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So when I say lightsaber battle between Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker, you have a clear image in your head of that shot? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, are any of you seeing that image through... The either a theater screen or a TV screen, or are you in the frame? Mm. In the frame. Yeah. In the frame, right? Because that's the magic trick of movies. It's like you're actually there. Your brain is registering that as an actual memory. You're breaking my brain right now. This is awesome. Right? Yeah. So filmmaking is a language of communication. In the collide in the kaleidoscope of sounds and images that make you you. There are fake memories that have been incepted in your mind through this language called filmmaking. Yeah, that checks out. That's true. That right? checks out. That checks out. <laughs> so, so, Greg, yeah. that's why filmmaking has been such a, such, a, such a powerful propaganda tool since its inception. Sure. Right? Yeah. Like, um, the first thing dictators do is they go out and they say, all right, let's round up all the top artists. And hire them. 
because they can communicate with the people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Joseph, he doesn't realize this, right? Because he's just a guy out there creating. I was like, Joseph, you are that guy uh, hundreds of years ago writing the, writing the book and handing it out to the people. And they start reading it and being like, oh, what are you? This guy's crazy, but what he's saying is it's, it's true, it right? Out. And then all yeah. of a sudden you amass the following. You're that guy. You're just a modern-day version of that guy. Uh, so that I, I literally derailed your question. No, no, no. It's, this is all This great. is how the com- is this, podcasting goes. Is this, how, is this how podcasting goes? This, this, is, how it this goes. is it. It's an ongoing conversation. Yeah, it's a great thing. But so was it at that night, that night, that we were like, hey, like, I got this awesome idea for this Power Rangers short. You should go shoot it. Or I had No, I, I sent him a script. I was like, yeah, I have the thing. Here's the script. Here's right. Did you tell him I'm doing this before I leave? I'm blowing town. Going to go be a grad student. This is my go final thing. Well, you also you had the, the bootleg universe going already at this Absolutely. point. Absolutely. At this point, uh, uh, Thomas Jane, Phil Juwanu, Ron Perlman, and myself had uh, nice. we done Dirty Laundry. That was uh, really good. That was the Punisher short. The Punisher, yeah. one. Punisher yeah. one, which kicked off the whole thing. Uh, 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 Joe Lynch and I uh, did uh, the the Venom one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There was a Judge Dredd one. I also had a James Bond one. James ready Bond to go. one was awesome. It's like it's the Dark Knight Returns. Level, yeah, it's Dark Knight Returns, but for James, James Bond. Bond, it's fucking cool. You know, and and I and I viewed them, but I viewed the James Bond short, which basically takes the for those of you who don't know, uh, it is effectively a deconstruction of this idea of this this international hero who's effectively a, a, a licensed serial killer, right? And I was trying to explore the idea with the James Bond short, what would happen once this guy gets older, once you take away his license to kill, once you say, all right, buddy, mm. here's a desk job. You did, you did great. Here's a desk job. Like, does that guy just literally disappear into the night? Or do we still have a serial killer on the loose, right? And this is... Uh, this is an issue that we're dealing with more and more and more and more with the privatization of military, mm-hmm. right? Because a lot of these guys, they go out and they fight, they, they fight in these wars and they come home. And then they're like, well, there is no job market. There is no work for me. I know how to go fight. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go join this private military group. Metal Gear Solid 4. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Battle Machines. Yeah. I mean, Kojima, Kojima was, you know, he, he foresaw this. Kojima's another one of these, uh, these Joseph Kahn types who's really just tapped into the pulse of, of, of what's going on. Sure. Right? And earlier, you... Blade Runner. You, well, you, Blade Runner, but you also made the point about Power Rangers, like, that's how you also saw the show. Right? And that's the beauty of, of our, our generation. Right, we were we were influenced by all these different different things. It was it was these marketing, it was these companies trying to market products products to us. They were trying to sell us toys, whether it was Transformers, GI mm-hmm. Joe, He Man, Ninja Turtles. But our imaginations are the the, the 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 children's imagination basically created these different scenarios around these things, right? Because I loved He Man as a kid. Yeah, I went back and rewatched some of those episodes, and I'm like, awful. What did I like about this? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Power Rangers the same way. Right. You Absolutely. go back and it's just the same episode over and over and over and over. And it's like the, oh, the villains putties, are horrible. The putties. But everything I, about it's bad. But absolutely. then you, as a kid, grew this this world absolutely. and characters. The and universe. Then jumping into it, when, as you grow, I feel like you add so much to that and just keeps going. That's when you end up at this. They were child soldiers. 
Right. Like when you think about it that way, mm-hmm. it's like that's such like an Ender's game, game shit. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. And and I can say that about a lot of the things we all loved growing up as a kid. And that was that was a lot of the spirit of Castlevania as well, right? Because when you look at Castlevania three, there's a blueprint of a story. There is a blueprint there is a blueprint of a story. The game, the actual game. Mm-hmm. But back in the day, you know, when we had like um, basically text telling you the backstory and you yeah. had the instruction you read, you manual. You look at the instruction manual. It has back, three paragraphs. On the car ride home, you read the instruction manual cover to cover. They gave you backstories on all these little characters. And then it, when you played, you had it and you played with absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and Greg, what it was doing, it, it was activating a part of your imagination, of all of our imaginations. It was tapping into this and allowing us to... to, to uh, develop more than what was on the screen with our minds 100 to make right. more of it right that, that's right. always my concern is games get more and more real right in the way that someone at, at my you know when if it's six seven eight whatever as a young person now playing a game they're not being forced in tax to play their memory because it always was that thing right of nes to snes oh my god these graphics are amazing i can't they look so real and then n64 and then to where we are now where it literally does look real but like back then it was like oh this Ghostbusters game looks so much better than other. But I will also say, you know, there, there's also, and you're absolutely right, Greg. I mean, it's it's like there there's a fear with anything that you know, like 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 what happened to Hollywood, right? Mm-hmm. It was franchises, franchises, known IP, known intellectual property. Um, this thing works. This is the product. This is the blueprint. Don't break it. it, it don't you know? Don't deviate from it. It's not broken mm-hmm. until you end up. In 2017, where there's a bunch of movies coming out, and they're not fucking working because everyone's seen them before. Transformers the fear is, 5. The fear is that the same thing would happen to the video game industry, right? All of a sudden, it becomes all AAA titles. It becomes blockbuster titles, and you're either launching a new franchise, and it's working, and there's going to be part five, six, seven, eight, mm-hmm. or you're launching a new would-be franchise, and it doesn't work, and it doesn't take off. But the, re- but, the, but the beauty of all of this is the cost of making all of these products, mo- uh, not just video games, but also film and television, has, has dropped to a price point where it can be done on an independent level, mm-hmm. off the grid, away from the machinery that controlled the, 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 com- the, the tools of this language, of these communication uh, devices. Mm-hmm. And they can be used to make product at an independent level that is cutting edge. Yeah, it's on par right? with what you would see come from right. a studio, right? So, so you know, everyone – one of the questions I get asked a lot is, is you know, when are we going to see the next Sex, Lies, and Videotapes? When are we going to see the next Pulp Fiction or the Reservoir Dogs or the Snatch or Lockstock? And, and most of – my my colleagues who who work in who work in film and television they hate it when I say this but I'm like guys that moment's gonna come again because it always comes right mm-hmm. each each generation clings on to something and goes no 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 this is it everything else right. before that's bullshit this is real it's authentic it's raw right every generation has their their own version of that but I believe I believe that that the next version of this 
is going to be in the video game space, in the independent video game space. The next mm. Reservoir Dogs, the next Pulp Fiction is going to come from video games. And what do you think that does to movies and television? How do they react to that? You know, that's an interesting, interesting question. How do they react to it, right? Because I think they're already reacting to it, mm. right? I mean, when we were growing up, you know what? I can give you a personal example. Personal example of this. When we were growing up, you know, you had all we had was like the console at home and the movie theater and what was on television, right? Sure. These are literally three outlets by which we can be communicated to. Right? This yeah. is there's 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 three outlets for which we can consume the shit that we love. Mm -hmm. Three. And of that, the film, the movie theater was this temple. And why was it this temple, right? It's it's was this temple because that was the one place you could go and you could see effectively art with no boundaries without commercials, mm. right? Because you watched, uh, if you watched Friends on television, you know, Ross wasn't going to like blow his head off. That would have been an amazing right? episode. It would have been an amazing though. episode. But the thing is, that uh, was today in a very I can, special episode I can of Friends. Vouch, by the way, that never happens in Frasier because I have watched all seasons of Frasier. He never blows his head off in that. And and I don't and I don't mean blow his head off just for shock value, sure. right? But it wasn't the point being. Friends was never going to deviate from the script because of commercials. Right. They're sell. They ultimately these television shows existed to sell blocks of advertising. Things never changed after the Colgate Hour, right? The Colgate Hour being. This hour of hour blocks of television that were sponsored by various brands. Mm -hmm. Television was that. The movie theater was where you went and it was a dark place. It wasn't necessarily safe because sometimes you'd be exposed to scenes and, and points of view that maybe were outside of your frame of reference, so to speak. And what has happened slowly over the past 10 years is the movie theater has become a giant commercial. Cinema, film, is a giant commercial, but what they're selling you is the next version of that intellectual property. Mm. Iron Man 2 exists to sell you Avengers. Avengers exists to sell you these Ant-Man and Spider-Man spinoffs, et cetera, yeah, et cetera, like et cetera, sure. right? Um, television has is still the commercial model. Still, It still exists to sell you commercials. But there's this advent of this new platform, streaming technology. Sure, digital era. The digital era, right? Where effectively, you know, it, it, it's, it's this disruptive force. But it's not just a disruptive force because, oh, you can put anything on, on, on Netflix and, oh, we can... It's not just the binge-watching. It's not just... Any, it, it, it's all of that. It's it's all that. It's the it's the it's on the demand. ability to be on demand. Watch it whenever the fuck you want. Uh, but the real key here, the real key to the future of um, streaming technology, is the biggest flaw in entertainment since its it, since its inception has been it costs way too much money to identify a potential customer to a product. Mm. 
right? Interesting. That is the fa- that is the problem because they'll spend two hundred making the film, and they'll have to spend two hundred marketing the film. Then there's the Jason Blum, who's like, a, you know, he's a brilliant businessman. He's a Blumhouse. Blumhouse so, yeah. You know, if you watch horror movies, they've made they make eighty five percent of them. Um, he perfected the model of, okay, we're gonna make Insidious for three, and we're gonna spend thirty marketing it. So they're literally spending more money trying to sell you the product to get you to watch the thing than they are in actually making the product, right? So now that's just a reality of the, of the time we live in. But what digital technology is slowly doing is it's reducing the cost of identifying, of matching a product or a piece of content, however you want to call it, or a piece of art with the consumer base that would watch it is that because do you think of all consumers in some way now as advertisers in the digital age right like if i see something if i see one of your videos and i like it right right i go share it and i'm sharing and i mean like me as greg miller with a twitter following i mean me as a normal right, twitter right, right, person right, right. i share it with an audience that's following me because they're like-minded and then they share it and like we're all out there sharing things together in these communities that can actually talk for a change absolutely you're sharing things but also uh, your your site it's psychographics your 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 profile on like what what you watch what sure. you buy mm-hmm. where you buy things your uh, what timing you're you're online it's all all your all of our accounts are slowly getting interlinked right like uh, most people uh, make most of their purchases through credit cards which are again also interlinked mm-hmm. so it's happening now. And pretty soon, even though when I say pretty soon, it's literally happening as we speak, <laughs> um, the, the, the streaming company is going to know, hey, you are the perfect audience for this show. Yeah, I think a perfect example of that is like you take a Netflix, right? And you've got it's it's no coincidence that Netflix has been flooding its platform with stand up comedy specials. Clearly, those are resonating with its audience. Mm-hmm. And so they've gone ahead and said, we're going to double down on this and we're going to give everyone who is any notable of a name who's got a decent hour special to throw it out. Well, hours hard. It's really hard. Right. But that's so there's only a select few of people that can really, really do that. But let's give them all the opportunity to do this. Right. right. And you've got HBO also kind of in that game. And now Amazon's floating with that game a little bit, too. But I think so. So it's fascinating. So I guess what you're what you're I think alluding to is the fact that these platforms are helping to eliminate that that barrier to entry or, or that that need to find the audience because you've already got that built in audience. There, yeah. Right? I think you bring up right. a good point with the stand up comedy, though, because I Netflix, I now look at as a stand up comedy machine mm-hmm. where I look at it and I think in the same way that I look forward to the next Marvel movie because I know I'm interested in Marvel characters. I look at that. I'm like, I've never heard of this guy, but I'm going to watch it because it's the new Netflix original. Stand-up. Right. So it definitely it absolutely works. That that takes the marketing out of it. Because yep. it is the marketing. The content is the marketing right. at that point. Right. But it, that also changes the nature of which content, let's let's call I hate the word content. because I hate like, it too, but it's the only word the, that really the, the all encompasses like, everything. We like, make content here. I'm, we do make I'm, content. Yeah, I'm really not trying to make content. I'm trying to make, I define it as I'm trying to make dope shit. Yeah. So get the fuck out of my way. We don't make dope, to make shit, dope here, shit here, sir. Uh, <laughs> um, we just make shit. But, that's what we, but <laughs> when, I talk to business, when I talk to business people, I have to call it content because otherwise they're like, well, he said uh, he said he wants to make dope shit. I'm not entirely they call sure. Legal. They're like, do we make uh, dope shit here? We're not sure if this is the place to make dope shit. Sir, uh, we're a dry cleaner. And he called us, <laughs> and he called us a bunch of pussy bitches. 
and he suits. Got, said, Why like, was he calling us suits? I, I mean, I, I, I'm not wearing a suit. I'm wearing, I'm wearing khakis today. Yeah. <laughs> Today's a casual oh, yeah. Friday. But, um, uh, yeah. Who are, see, here's the question. Who the fuck are you? Because, like, I, I have no idea, dude. We're yeah. still, I have no fucking we're idea. Get, we're not leaving that. until we, we get to the so end Calum, of this. So, Calum, Calum, yeah. who is a fantastic actor. Great actor. Uh, on on uh, the lead of my body. Because I just finished American Vandal last night. But, uh, yeah. On, on like American Vandal, he's great. Yeah. And I said, Calum, how do you see me? I asked him this in, 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 in Toronto, and he's like, oh, man, I just see you as an artist. And. Yeah, so that's my thing, is if I had oh to go. define you. Um, okay. Because yeah. that's always fun. That's cool. I like that. It sounds better than any, you know. Yeah, I would say you're a creator, right? And th- and I think that term is starting to be a little bit more legitimized, right? Like, for instance, I was talking earlier today and, and yesterday about how I just finished Dirk Gently. We had we had the pleasure of having Max on the show last week. He, the very first credit is created by Max Landis, right? Like, like created for the screen by Max Landis. And I think that's going to st- start taking on more and more importance, especially as... There's so much more uh, uh, content. Again, now that, now that word's got a, a, it's like a dirty word. Get over it. it. Come There's on. There's so content, many more shows bros. that are being delivered across the board, right? Especially right. TV right now. Like TV is having this amazing renaissance of, like TV is the place to be if you want to be creative, or at least online streaming is. Um, so that I think that there's going to be, like from what I'm seeing is there's going to be, a, you know, with with television, there's never really necessarily like the the auteur that there is with the movie. Or with the movie, always said the director, they get credit. Like the actor gets a little more credit. But now you're getting these these showrunners that are coming in, these people who are creating these series coming in. And they're, they're the names that I think are going to be starting to have a lot of cachet going forward. Or at least that's what I'm noticing. Yeah. If you would ask me, I would just say executive producer. Because that is one of those titles that no one actually knows what it means. And that's the thing is I don't know. I, cool. You're, you're but, a producer on all these different films and stuff, right? And like, I don't know. What does that mean? Because to me, but then to answer your other question of one word, right. vision. Uh, to me, executive producer is the vision. And it's the person that is kind of going to work with the directors and producers and writers and all that stuff. And kind of be like, this is what I want to make. This is my vision. Well, you know, but at the same time, like uh, um, using bodied as an example, right? That wasn't my vision. Mm. Was not my vision. So was this? Was that? Was that come from Joseph? Who did that come from? Three hundred percent from Joseph, right? And so he comes um, to you and says, "I got this thing," and you go, "I got it. You're gonna be a big stack." I'm sorry, I tried to bring that <laughs> joke. Yeah, <laughs> no, actually, um, you know, I was I was off um, directing a show, which we can or can't talk about. I forget. Where are we at with that? We can talk about. We can talk. We can talk about. We can't talk about where it's going. Right. But, yeah. Plug it. Plug it. Oh uh, yeah, it's it's called uh, Addie Shankar's Gods and Secrets. Very humble that my name. I love it. <laughs> I'm, I'm a big. Now I need to ask you a question. <laughs> I'm gonna put you on the spot here. Earlier, I walked in the room. First thing you said to me was, "Are you guys big wrestling fans?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does that show have to do with wrestling? No. Okay. I thought I had an. There's a, there's wrestlers in it. Okay. Cool. Cool. Who's in? Who? DDP. Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah all right. Yeah, doing some yoga. Hell yeah. Does he do so yoga? What, what is it? Now, I asked him this earlier at lunch, mm-hmm. and he says to me, I literally took a long pause. I can't pause. tell you what it is, because if I told you what it is, it would spoil how awesome it is. Like, it would spoil it for you. He's paraphrasing the quote. That's right? meta, and I like that. Right. So it's really right. dope. Artist. I mean, I'm... It's dope know. shit. As long as it qualifies as dope shit. It's dope shit. You did it. It's, do- it's dope shit. You know, otherwise... Um, I, I I'm not one of these these guys who's, who's trying to just kind of like make stuff and churn it out. Right? Right. I, I I don't know how to do that. Like I I feel like maybe I would benefit from from 
taking more of a sausage factory approach to, to this stuff. Advice. To be like, us. well, we're really good at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are really good at churning but, out a lot. Uh, no, this is this is a project that's that's very personal to me. Um, your name's in it. Yeah. So is this three hundred percent your vision? Yeah. You're fascinating. Well, You're like a Rubik's cube. So how many, wait, how many projects sides. do you I'm have get you. going at any given time? Like right now, you, how many projects are you focused on, or at least what so keep like which right projects now, are keeping you up at night? Right now, I have four going at the same time. Four. Um, You've got the second se- season of Castlevania, Castlevania that you're that you're overseeing. Yep. Bodied just came, uh, got awarded. Uh, uh, we had two awards, TIFF and uh, Fantastic, Fantastic Fest. Fest. We got one Congratulations on those. Award. Thank you. So, Thank you. so that, I cannot wait to watch that movie, by the way. Yeah, Tim, is, by the it way. Is, it is dope. I mean, it's 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 a dope film. Again, it's 300% Joseph Kahn's vision. Um, you know, I'm, um, and obviously Marshall, Eminem. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I'm lucky to be a part of that, uh, that, 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 that whole ride. I mean, yeah. Uh, and so, so you're a producer on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so what does that mean? Joseph Kahn's like, I need help making this film, and you give him money? Is that what a no, producer does? No, he, uh, he raised all the financing himself. So why, he, so he just wanted to collaborate with you on it, knowing that, knowing what? Yeah, like, what I mean, did you bring specifically to the table that Joseph? I, honestly, we, Joseph and I talk about this at night, like, as we generally, like, chat at, like, around 2 a.m. every day, or every other day. That's so LA. Just kind of... So we're both up really late, sure. you know. Are you uh, both on your beds in your pajamas, like feet what up are you in the doing? air? What you doing? What are you like, yeah, kicking yeah, your legs? It's, it's totally like that. I have this. It's my, totally like no, that. In my brain, they have bunk beds, right? And oh, it's with two o'clock. Okay. It's like, hey man, you still up? Yeah, I'm still up. What yeah, if it was yeah. like big and they had walkie talkies? Like, um, yes, that would be amazing. <laughs> you know, he'll. We have an interesting relationship because there's also the age difference. But he's he's one of the few guys I've met in my life. You know, I, I've I've uh, who who. We're we're tapped into the same thing, we're uh, and we speak th- we speak similarly. We're just so similar, right? Right. He's he's the um, he's the first guy in my life where I was like, wow, man, I wish I wish we knew each other growing up because we would have just hung out every day. He's your best friend. That's nice. BFFs. Yeah. So we are BFFs. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, Greg, I and wish we were and there. on that, you know, Shut on up. the film, um, <laughs> you know, he told me the concept. He said, look, I want to you know do this movie about battle rap. Uh, and I said, you know, great. And you started, you know, telling me the beats of it. And I was like, yeah, it sounds like a sports movie. And he's like, what? I'm like, it's a sports movie. You know, and I gave the frame of reference. Gave him the frame that. of reference. So there was, there was, there was, there was that. And then it went into production. And, and, uh, and so your producer credit comes from bouncing ideas off of him and being there for him and sounding board and going yeah, over? I guess. I mean, okay. he, he basically was like, look, will you co-sign? Yeah, effectively, you know. Okay. Uh, and um, are you involved in the battle rap scene at all, or like, like a fan? Like, are you into that? Is that like a culture that you know intimately? No. So, what's interesting about this, from what I know of you guys, you are the Power Ranger guy. Yeah. Joseph Kahn, not at all right. the Power Ranger guy. So you came, and you're like, this is this is what we're doing, and he just made it happen based on the vision of all of it, and uh-huh. he had no idea about Power Rangers right. at all. Is this the opposite of that then, Absolutely. where he is involved in that and Absolutely. loves it, and you're just kind of there to make it happen? Absolutely. I mean, the, the the film has some of the all like most of the top battle rappers today in it, and that's what I think is so cool is watching the trailer. Like these are real battle. Rappers. It's easy to watch, like to hear about the concept of this movie and be like, I saw it, Mario. Why would I want to watch this? Right. But then you see it, and it's like dumbfounded in it, and Kid Twist wrote it. Yeah. And it's like these are guys that are actually doing this that have made what modern rap battles are in the yeah. last. 
two it's, decades. It's, it's authentic to the culture. Yeah. Uh, it's about the culture. It's not made at the culture. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's a there's a level of authenticity that exists in the film that would only exist because the people who made the film, other than myself, are 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 either a part of the world or fans of the world, mm-hmm. right? Even even Marshall Eminem, he he came up through battle rap, like that's like before he was the you know Eminem the 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 music star. He was Eminem the the battle rapper. He was the guy you didn't want to get in the ring with because he would destroy you. Still is, but yeah, still is right. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I basically got a more like a front row seat and an introduction into this world because of this film, um, and obviously Joseph, you know, goes he, he's a legend in the movie business. I mean, in the, in the music video business, mm-hmm. um, Backstreet Boys videos, every, I mean, everything, videos. everything, early NWA, recently I mean, Taylor Swift videos, literally obviously. the yeah. biggest music video director of all time. When it comes to just hit after hit, generation after generation, mm-hmm. it's just he's. He's never slowed down. That's crazy to think about. Yeah. I love following him on Twitter too, because I'm just like I like I like I love Twitter because it gives you that little glimpse into people's lives. And uh, when her new video dropped, it's just like you could see there's still that level of he's just a mega fan, you know, like he still has that like connection to like this is fucking cool what I get to do, and that's and, always and fun to see. And he's and he's genuinely like that, right? He's genuinely cl- plugged in. He he feels everything. He's he's engaged with pop culture in, in in a way that most people stop being once they leave the strike zone of that age group. Mm. So you mentioned you were thinking about leaving. Obviously, you didn't leave the industry, which is good because you gave us some great stuff since. Do you have a project that you're like, this is the project that I want to do above all else? Or have you already done that project and now you're on to the next Well, you're thing? saying there was three and we cut you off. First was Power Rangers. What were the other two? So I'm going to answer your question. First, fantastic. Thank you for that. Yeah, because let's be yeah, honest. I appreciate. Also, um, you know, it's you gave me the high five though. You if, you, me, if, you, if you if you guys are ever in LA, hit me up. Love to have you over. To, be careful because to, to, to we'll my just... place because you'll see that I have literally notepads, just with with ideas, concepts, shots, scenes, scribbled scribbled everywhere. Right, so there's not one dream project. Mm. It's not like, man, I really want to do this uh, hard R Captain Planet idea, or which is which is a legitimate thing. Hell yeah, it um, is. Um, because really, how would that More child out, soldiers, right? by the way? No, 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 no. They would have been they, no, not child soldiers. They would be labeled eco terrorists because everything that hap- everything that Captain Planet was about happened, happened. Everything that that show warned us was going to happen. Our entire generation. They said, hey, don't do these things because this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. It happened. So it's like a horror flick, and Captain Amer- Captain Planet is just tearing people in half. It's like no, 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 no. It's, a, it's a, no. It's it's. I close. told y'all, motherfuckers. It's, it's, right it's through a, the chest of these guys. No, cutting it's, down a, the it's a it's a it's a dystopian. You know, we we live in a dystopian time. So to to set Captain Planet today is to make it dystopian. Mm. Interesting. Right? Does but, Ca- is Captain um, Planet a force for good in this universe? Is he trying to change it back to? Honestly, he's hardly in it because mm. um, the the uh, the Planeteers have gone their separate have ways. Gone their separate ways. Mm. Uh, uh, Linka's Linka's dead. Um, 
and Mati doesn't give a fuck. Like, he's taken over a whole island. He has a big beard. He's old. He's ripped. And he's got, like, gorillas who are just kind of soldiers. And he's been turned yes. into, like, the new, basically, into Bin Laden by the government, right? But he's he's able to harness the, the heart power so he can spy. He's basically also the NSA. So he can spy on anyone and everyone. So the, I have a scene in there where they're, like, the president's in this bunker, you know, and, and SEAL Team 6 is going in to take him out. And as soon as they end up on this island, they get ripped apart by gorillas and, you know, trampled by elephants. And Mati walks up to the camera and he's like, no, fucking he stamps it. And they're like, how the fuck did he know? And they cut, you cut back to the bunker and the president's there. And he's like, how the fuck did he know that he was coming? And they see an ant in the room and they start freaking out. And they're like, Dude, fuck, kill that ant. That's fucking awesome. So, um, <laughs> God man, damn it. You know, just tell us every about um, the notepad. Man, every notepad. Uh, and and uh, Wheeler, you know, the fire guy, he becomes basically the punisher. Like, his ring still works, and he's out, like, he's, like, he's like fucking lighting motherfuckers on fire, right? Because, um, and... That's uh, what you do when you have a ring that can produce fire. Yeah. Right, well, and he's also protecting... Well, he's also protecting a little girl who he finds in a brothel, who, who the, the, uh, the wind ring is drawn to, and he realizes once this girl comes of age... She can activate the ring, and they can summon Captain Planet again. But again, Mati's broken off, so they don't know, like, you know, if they can even... Mati, was he going to kill us, or is mm-hmm. he going to fucking work with us? Um, this sounds really cool. So, make- but I have notepads of all of these all of these things, right? I have a, I have a show that, uh, that I'm developing at the moment with, uh, with my good friend, Phil Juanu, who directed The Punisher Dirty Laundry. Oh, nice. And... Um, we want to shoot that next year, right? And I would say that's a passion project too. The bottom line is the moment I stopped giving a fuck, that's the moment I quit because I never got into this for the cash. It was never a cash grab. It was about making dope shit because I I, I had two problems with most of the content I was watching when I was a teenager and, and, and right before I moved out here, and which is why I moved out here. It was one, most of the movies were not about anything. They felt empty and hollow. They felt like like action pieces. Mm-hmm. And I forget the second one. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you say something interesting there. Uh, talk to me. I, I now you're this big big shot artist guy making all these things. Yeah, you are. You are. You are big shot. Do I act like a big shot? No, no, no. I don't mean. I don't mean in that sense. I mean the fact that in a bad way. Yeah, cool thing. You're not. You are. Yeah. You just call you call Eminem Marshall. You know that's what I mean. You know what I mean. Like you know people. You're making awesome fucking things. You have notepads with amazing Captain Planet shit on them. You guys were like helping me write emails before this. That was our pleasure, and we said give we'll give you the phone number if you ever need help again. Just call us. We'll conference you, and we'll figure it out. But I love that though because it's like to me I look up to you as the type of guy that has cool ideas and wants to get shit done and I appreciate that you will talk to us and be like hey man like what do you think about this and it's like that's that's how fucking things happen yeah and just right? to, just to Trust clarify to define big shot in my brain and granted I know that that has kind of a connotation behind it but I think what we admire about you is the same thing I admire about a lot of my friends that are creating stuff which is that when you get to a level where you can you can work at your level and still be able to get the things done that you want to get done that's really cool that's really admirable and that's something that I think is to me the dream right to me like I love following people who get to just do the things they want to do and I know I'm oversimplifying your mm-hmm. life because I've seen the stress that you go through a little a little bit and I'm like okay yeah you put you put the work in for sure but like if you were to say nick what's happiness look like for you i would say nothing in my day that i don't want to do 
and I get constantly challenged by new levels of projects that I think will make me a better creator, a better person, a better whatever you you name it. Right. And I think that that's that's what we see in you when we look at you. And so that 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 to me is like not necessarily big shot, but big time. Like that is you're operating at a very high level, and you're able to still make great art, and that's fucking cool because you don't see that all that often, right? Like you could probably name, I could give you 10 directors off the top of my head. We won't do it now, but like out of all 10 of those, maybe one of them gets to do the project that he really wanted to do and it turns out the way he really wanted it to turn out, right? And then, but but I go and I watch Castlevania and I'm like, this, this is, I could see your hands in that, right? I could definitely tell that there was like, your influence was on that and that's really cool. I I genuinely really appreciate that. Um, I appreciate you saying that, 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 that means a lot. Well, it's, it's, but it's like, it's great. It's hopeful. Cause what you're saying is, you know, what, we, what everyone kind of feels, which is that a lot of the way things have been done, a lot of the way television has traditionally been done, a lot of the way films are traditionally done is, I don't want to say dying cause I hate that word. I don't think things are dying. It's evolving. It's an, and it's evolving past mm-hmm. the mediums that our parents and their parents mm-hmm. loved. Mm-hmm. And what that means now is it's really hard to define, which is cool. But it's also super scary. Well, that's right? where content comes from. Well, exactly. That's why people say content. But what I'm talking about is more like even just look at the way TV was made. Right? It was either done in like 30 minute chunks or hour chunks. Right? You know, 22 minutes that you had to make a content, but or of the show itself. But now you don't have to worry about that anymore. Right? But that in and of itself, right there, was fucking mind blowing. Right? Because you can make a four. Like when Netflix uh, released uh, House of Cards, right? And the first episode was like 51 minutes. Everyone was like, whoa! Like, but it really was a big deal because you're like, oh, you can just if you need those extra minutes to really tell that story beat you got it and that's scary that's weird because that that means like is this train going to come off the rails like what's well, going well, on what, i don't understand what it, what it means in from you know from i guess my perspective what what not what it means what it's meant from my perspective is um spielberg lucas that whole generation they effectively created these blueprints Right? They created these blueprints, these magical blueprints. Close Encounters of the uh, uh, Close Encounters, Jaws, Star Wars, Indiana Jones, uh, and it, it's more than just those two guys. But that entire sure, generation, sure. they created these this stack of blueprints that became these, you know, these wide release theatrical American yeah, the Hollywood block, blockbusters, Hollywood blockbusters yeah. right? Right. Some of them weren't intended to be blockbusters; they just became massively popular. And these blueprints since that time have been perfected. They've been narrowed down. Um, and they've become blueprints. They've become legitimate blueprints that, you know, you, you're saying, okay, buddy, Greg, we need you to just direct a Star Wars movie. Here's the blueprint. Just follow they're not it. Saying, they're not saying, Greg, you got great ideas. Mm-hmm. Let's go do something interesting in the Star Wars universe, right? Mm. Let's go, let's go, let's go shake up the formula. They're saying, here's the formula. Here's Don't fuck works. it up. Yeah, do mm-hmm. it. I think Iron Man 3 is a perfect example, right? Or the or the, the two current Star Wars movies that are in which, production. Which again, that, which again, there's nothing, which there's nothing the wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that, right? When you when you have the blueprint, you know it works and you're executing it well. Sure. And and uh, you know, when I was younger, I used to just go like, fuck you, you know, the 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 the, the rebel in me would mm-hmm. just flip off the man and I've come to realize like look these are like mega corporations right they're like these massive conglomerates like they have to they have to do the middle of the road version of it 
They just they just have to. Their their ecosystem is set up in such a way that if they don't do it, it's a massive problem, right? So so they are powerless. It's not like they're choosing to to make these middle of the road movies. They're powerless to do anything but the middle of the road mm-hmm. movies. That's what they have to do to survive to, and keep yeah, all exactly, these employees going. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Um but what our generation has the opportunity to do for the first time, right? Because before the the uh, the Hollywood machine controlled three things, three parts of the puzzle that if you didn't have them, you couldn't fucking make a movie, right? One was the technology, just things like the cameras, the mm-hmm. lenses, all that shit. Like if you were an independent filmmaker anywhere in the world, like you just didn't have access to the best technology. So yeah. whatever you made wouldn't look good. Two, they had acts. They they controlled the all the stars, right? So like, if you didn't have Tom Cruise or Keanu or Schwarzenegger or one of those guys in your movie, it didn't matter how good it was. It wasn't going to be viewed on the same level as a movie with Tom. And three, they control they controlled the distribution, mm-hmm. right? So even if you made the greatest film of all time, you couldn't get it seen by anybody because they 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 controlled the distribution. I mean, they 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 literally had the throttle on that fucker, right? So it was very hard for independent companies to get studio level distribution. Then guys like you came in, guys like me to some extent, who who started going, all right, cool. Well, I'm just gonna put this shit on YouTube, see what happens. And all of a sudden, the distribution went away. The 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 whole idea of this of this mythical movie star, this unicorn movie star that's going to grace us with their presence once every year and a half, two years with a new film and everyone's going to line up because Tom's in it or because Brad's in it or Keanu's mm-hmm. in it. That started going away. Even right? The Rock doesn't work. They no, no one no one works because the reality is the, 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 the curtain's been lifted, right? Holding out for Jumanji. We're holding out for it. The, the, <laughs> the curtain has been lifted and technology. Is it, has it been lifted and 100% though? And right technology. Here? Technology, you cannot discount the technology oh, yeah. because literally you right here, right here, if we flip this around and we look back there, you have all the equipment necessary to make an independent film. I have yep. a lot a lot of people ask me, uh, you know, how to break into online media as an industry where a lot of people obviously where we used to work, IGN is a great company right. and a lot of people want to get in there. Do you know and I think? have uh yeah, that'd be dope. Just like a Coffee? Okay. Coffee. Should I, should I have a coffee? Am I, am I too amped up? No, no, no. no. You're perfect. This is great. Well, I'm, I'm on your great. level right You're now, which is great. great. This is great. But yeah, yeah I always keep. I'm not gonna get hate tweets from you fuckers, am I? No, no, no. no. Our audience is no, no, hate. No, no, no. I didn't, I didn't no. mean to call you guys fuckers. No, yeah. I mean, a lot of people like ask me over the years, like, what should, what skills do I need to to like get into a place like IGN? And some people are like, I really want to be an editor, and I'm like. Well, you have to understand that those skills. So back in the day, if you learned editing, like that was a specialized skill that you knew if you could get into the industry, you'd have a great job and get paid a lot. But that skill has since become so the tools are so accessible now that I'm like, you almost don't want to pigeonhole yourself as an editor because anyone who is 18 or 15 or 12 who started on YouTube has started using those skills. And so maybe not not to disparage editors, especially film editors, because that is a high art form. But like if you're doing online media, I'm like there's zero barrier to entry anymore. So like you have to think a lot more of like you got to learn camera work, you got to learn editing work and you got to learn all these things that, that it takes to create one video. But then that's exactly what you're saying. Like then you just have the basis to build on that. And there's really no excuses. And we saw the exact same thing play out this exact same scenario, right? 
Because you know that quote, uh, the more things change, the more they stay the same. The same. Yep. Yeah. History keeps repeating itself. Read back to the 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 creation and the evolution of the printing press, mm-hmm. and you'll find these crazy parallels. Oh yeah. And they're not necessarily crazy because it's the same thing. That's there was a communication right? medium that was uh, the the you know the written paper that was then revolutionized by this powerful tool called the printing press, Mm -hmm. which allowed people to mass produce text into these little books and allowed ideas to spread. So for you, where are you? You said, you know, what you made you move out to Hollywood. It was that you're looking like, oh, well, this is empty. They're not telling stories anymore. Well, and I wanted to, I wanted to communicate. You know, I, I, I viewed this as a communication tool because, again, you know, we talked about this earlier, how I, I grew up in India, born in India, grew mm-hmm. up there, you know, lived there till I was uh, almost five and a half. What part? Uh, Calcutta. Calcutta. Then Madras. Okay. And then Bombay. Uh, and then we moved over to Hong Kong. Uh, Singapore, it's just, my life was was this hodgepodge of, of, of countries and various cultures and never really fitting in. And the one common narrative thread was was some of these characters, some of these movies, mm-hmm. right? That that mm-hmm. uh, that that everyone like all of a sudden, you know, uh, I could talk to people about Captain Planet or Wolverine, sure, or Power Rangers. Mm-hmm. I could just literally have a conversation. I, could, I was like the new kid in school. I was in a new culture, but I could all of a sudden relate through these these uh, fantastical um, cultural myths. That our generation shared in, uh, that all bought into together, and it allowed me to communicate across cultures, and that's why when um, other folks in, in entertainment are like, "Man, Netflix is ruining everything. Like, we need the theatrical window, and we need the this, and why? Well, you know, a- why is all the?" My response to that is, "Yeah, they might be killing the revenue streams. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe I don't know." Uh, we'll see how that shakes up, right? Because the whole idea of like, it's out, but you can't watch it because it's behind the paywall. I think that's a slightly dated dated uh, w- way, to, way, way to look at this. But the bottom line is what these streaming services are doing, you know, Netflix, all of them, is because you're releasing content now. Let's just call it content for the sake of all today, right. right? Okay. What they're doing is they're taking this content and they're allowing it to be viewed at the same time Worldwide. So what they're doing is they're helping bring the world together because all of a Mm. sudden now the whole world is watching the same stuff. So the reference points, the cultural reference points, the, 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 the differences that in theory divide us start getting obliterated. Look, Greg, I know you look to me. I know the theater landscape is changing. Nick's always like, oh, the theater, I hope the theater's there forever, and I hope it's amazing. I want the theater to be there because, because, because I want to watch my movies at home, all right? And I'll pay you more. I'll pay the premium no, to get it and watch it the, there. I'll watch, watch them on Virgin America. At home because you want to watch a movie on one screen while you're playing Destiny 2 on the other screen and not pay attention to that. And then you go, I don't know. What do we really like that movie? And I'm like, what happened? And you're He's like, making good points. You're like, making real good. what movie have I said that, that about? Like you. That sounds like you. I'm just saying. But I get it. Trust me, I understand because that, it, this is a losing battle me. that I'm fighting. Yeah. I sat in the theater over the weekend and I started watching. And we, my wife and I went and saw Kingsman 2. That movie starts off, it's super fun. And then 
the people next to me all decided that it was yeah. time that they were in there. They just assumed they were in their own living room and they just started talking. And I'm like, at, at one, I had, I literally thought to myself, should I tell these, should I ask these people to stop talking? Right? Should I, should I Sean Finnegan these people and start throwing ice at them? Or should I Greg Miller these people and <laughs> mode on them, you know, all of a sudden? I don't take it away. And then I'm like, you know what? I think this is just the world, right? I think this is just the world we live in. And, there are some battles that you can fight, and, and granted, I think theatrical release for movies is a, definitely a battle worth fighting, and I love that it's forcing some people to think outside of the box with things like the Alamo Draft House, and I love that everything's reserved seating now, and you got the recliners, but at a certain point, you can't change how people act, and Twitter and social media and everything has made people just like constantly addicted to like everything, talking to each other, and so I was like, I, you know what? I'm not going to ask these people to be quiet. I'm going to just get up and move. Coward. I'm just going to get up and move. Then it ended up being good because I got to make out with my wife and no one could see me. So that worked out well. That did work out well. But they almost ruined the movie for me, right? And so I get it. For the first time, I actually, I actually thought of you. Not when I was making out with my wife. But prior to that, <laughs> I thought of you because I was like, Greg, I, I was like, is Greg right? Should I tell Greg he's right? And then I'm like, no, not you yet. You should. Not yet. Not yet. I don't know. You bring up an interesting point with people being on Twitter and all that stuff. And I and something you were saying earlier about back in the day, you had the three devices and they gave you stuff. It wasn't interactive. Um, I mean, I guess video games were. But um, with movies, movies are an interactive experience when people go in groups with their friends and stuff and start talking. I'm not standing up for that because that shit sucks. But that's why people enjoy watching in their living room because you can look – if me and you are watching in our living room, we don't need to worry about other people around us. We yeah. can make snide comments that's true. And, and ask but questions. The problem, too. the problem with the theatrical yes. experience – because I, I see what you're saying, right? Mm -hmm. You're like, why the fuck does this experience have to die? There is still some merit to it, right? And I think that's that's the argument you're making. Mm -hmm. That's the argument that uh, Chris Nolan's making. I think that's an argument that a lot of prominent filmmakers from another generation are making. They're like, this thing shouldn't die. Like, yeah, okay, maybe box office isn't what it was 10 years ago. Right. Maybe the fact that 90% of the revenue of all movies comes from 10 movies is a bad system. All well, it's, is, is a, all Disney owned. You know, it, it's just a reality. It's, yeah, that it's is reality. the reality of, of, of today, you know, yeah. without passing, casting judgment on it. And I agree with you. I don't think the theatrical experience should die. I think the problem with it right now is, it, is that it's ill-defined. Right, mm. because you're telling me that you went to the theater and there were people texting, tweeting, talking mm. in front of you, and that made you uncomfortable, right? What I'm hearing is you sat down in this community experience, and you and those other people weren't uh, weren't sure of the the codes of conduct. Mm -hmm. You weren't playing by the same our, social rules. Yeah, right. our definitions of what right. The what is the social is contract that you, as a moviegoer in this theater, are entering into? Right, like the right. Alamo Draft House. That's a great example because that social contract is clearly defined. Right. For instance, let's say we had a we had a and this is a terrible idea by the way. This should not exist. But let's say we had a <laughs> a, 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 a theater that was uh, almost like a haunted house and it was. Um, uh, basically exclusively programming for horror movies, sure. right? So, like, if a new horror movie is coming out, you want to watch it in this horror movie theater, right? And then they encourage you to be loud. They encourage you to, to participate, to, to participate sure. take selfies and, you know... Be an asshole. Do that, right? Not necessarily be an asshole, but though, be, but because be people are, are showing up, yeah, sure. and that's the code of conduct, right? So when people, uh, you, you, we're running into problems with these movie theaters uh, on a purely socio sociological level, where people are showing up to this shared experience, mm -hmm. not knowing 
what is kosher and what isn't. Because no the reality how many is minions on the screen tell them to sell. And see, that's my thing is we. I don't buy it. They tell you the rules of the front. Yeah, but they do it in such bullshit ass ways with no real consequence. Or else we'll kick you out. How many times have you seen people get kicked out? I can count on one hand. Well, the of times. well I mean, it's the reason. Greg Miller. It's the reason he didn't get kicked. It's out. the reason. True. Well, I shouldn't have been kicked out. I wasn't wrong. But you made everyone. <laughs> at the end of the day, you made more people uncomfortable than he did. Not me, dude. I, I would have kicked you I out. I fucking loved it, bro. Thanks, buddy. But, but you, you were too it. lazy to get out of your seat like everybody else. That's why Alamo works and why Alamo is a good experience for, uh, in terms of phones and mm -hmm. talking and bullshit. Because they're like, don't text, don't talk. If you do raise an order card and we'll come fucking warn that person if they get another warning, they're tossed out. And it works. Whereas like, you, I go there and people aren't on their phones and they aren't being assholes. See, I like that That's because I mean, I think I, th I think the reason why I'm... I'm well, you hate it for dumb reasons because you're dumb. No, um, I hate it for those why, reasons. Why do you, why no, do you hate dumb. it? I hate it because it, I think that the Alamo, more than anything, you're going in there understanding that you're not paying attention to this movie. This fucking waiter's running around. Like, there's people. It's a free textathon. You can do whatever the fuck you want Bullshit in that place. Bullshit it is. Bullshit. We're seeing Thor like, there. You tell me how many phones you rock. see. I feel like that that doesn't bother me, which is weird. But I think it's because that is that world is different than a normal movie theater to me. That world is there's going to be lights on. There's going to be people walking around. It is a little bit more freeform. It does literally feel like a gigantic living room. And for whatever reason, the just people don't seem to talk that much there. That that doesn't distract me at all. I never I never hear it. Yeah. Um, because you never watch a movie there. But because also, every time we try to watch it, it doesn't work. That's fair. But also, the waiter times. does bring me free refill, refills of Diet Coke, and I love that. So there is that. Like, there's a trade-off there. I'm talking about the normal movie-going experience of, like, you go into a theater, and there is that social contract of, look, we're all going to be here together. We're going to have this shared common experience, even though we're we're, ne we're probably never going to see each other after this. We're going to have this common experience together. It's For me, it's like a tribal thing. It's a, it's mm -hmm. it's an old sense of community. And what you're saying yeah. is very valid, right? Because before, uh, and I think still, still to some degree, windows uh, movies are windowed as far as regions are concerned, right? Sometimes they'll come out in America first, and then they'll go they'll open domestic. A foreign later, right? Recently, I think most of the time now, it's probably worldwide. But I like the idea of being able to share content through your living room, but it's not the same, right? Like, I know that maybe you're watching American Vandal, but we don't get this, we're not experiencing at the same time. So I, I, I grapple with this a lot. I think about this a lot where I'm yeah. like, are we losing that sense of like personal community with every new digital yeah. thing that happens? Absolutely. Absolutely. We are. Well, we're redefining what community means. Right, because community used to be defined by uh, physical location. Mm. It is no longer right. Right, physical space. The reality is, physical space is becoming less valuable by the day. Physical real estate is becoming less valuable. You're not from San Francisco. By the day, <laughs> well, he's from LA. <laughs> They're pretty. It's pretty expensive down there too. You know what he means, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the reason this works. And the fact that we can be a small community as kind of funny best friends and still have a thing and a business and everything it's else. It's kind of, you know, the mind-blowing thing. I was, I was just, I, I just thought of this when you said that, yeah. as you said that. It's the reason I get to do this, right? Because I'm not like, when, when you guys called me a big shot earlier, I was like, huh? Right? Because in my mind, I'm like, I'm not J.J. Abrams, right? I'm not fucking James Cameron, like those guys right. are Spielberg. Those guys are big shots. They they actually get to do whatever the fuck they want, right? Cameron rolls in. He's like, "All right, kids, I need half a billion dollars," and they're like, "We'll give you a billion. I'm like, "Great, I'll give you four Avatar films in return right. and like, two new Terminator films." It'll take films. forty I'm years. Like, fuck that's, yes, that's I'll, being a big shot, right? Yeah. The reality is, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a niche act. I'm a niche act, right? Mm -hmm. I, I've got a, I've got a an audience. But it's niche. It's not super mainstream, right? It's not like when I walk into the mall, it shuts down. But at the same time, I 
do have an audience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? I, I interact with that audience. I have a fan base. Probably have some a lot of people who think I'm yeah, who are not fans too. Sure. Which comes with the territory. It's the internet. Yeah. But the reality is I'm a niche act. But that's okay in the world of the internet. Yeah, exactly. You don't need, you know, I think the the, the problem we're having with, with, with this whole influencer, if I can shine the spotlight back into the internet for a second, we have this whole influencer ecosystem, right, where brands are throwing cash at, and, and they did that to me, too, for a bit. Mm -hmm. They were like, hey, you're, uh, you know, will you, will you hold up our cell phone or will you, you know. I don't know anyone that would hold up a product for a camera for money. They didn't pay you. They're this not paying. Not not paying. We should go after Halfway Kombucha. I'm just like, oh, no, sorry, I'm sorry nipple. to interrupt you. No, sorry dude. To interrupt you. <laughs> no, this is, and I think this is why we call you Big Shot because obviously you do it in a loving way, not in a bad way. But it's the fact that you're so you're one of us. We're all cut from the same cloth, yep. and you're but you're doing your niche act on the biggest stage. Like you're doing it in Hollywood, and you're making what you want happen. In terms of like, I always joke around here, right? Of like, my grand plan would be to somehow make a bunch of money, and then befriend John Hamm and Michael Keaton, mm -hmm. and then all I want to do is shoot a Kingdom Come uh, DC yeah. comic, Kingdom Come, do the Kingdom Come trailer, not do the whole movie, just the trailer. Where John Hamm Superman at the very end, uh, Michael Keaton spins around in the bat, bat cave in the chair and says, mm -hmm. tell that to your tailor about the blacks. And I'm like, but you do that. You go out and you make the power. I literally do exactly that. You go out and you're like, you know, Repulsa, yeah, exactly. Which is the most baller thing of all time. I may have done something closer to what you said. Is it out yet? Did I miss it? Did I see it? Nope. Oh, yeah. All right. When's that coming out? See, that's the Did beauty. Did you steal my idea? That's, Am I, can I be a producer the, on it? That's the beauty. That's the beauty <laughs> of in the internet, right? Like, I don't believe in the billboards and the hype and the Entertainment Weekly has six stills from set. I'm just like, yo, it's going to drop one day. And you're going to be like, what the fuck? Yeah. Well, that's why we, That's why this works, right? That's it why is the thing works, of like, yeah. again, you, you drop something awesome and we all share it and everybody shares it and everybody's right. super stoked. People, people generally want to be surprised, right? Mm. Hell there's, yeah. There's good surprises, which is like... Hey, you like wrestling? Check out this wrestling isn't wrestling video. Holy shit, this is brilliant. This is literally a brilliant deconstruction of why we all love this this uh, theatrical art form known as professional wrestling. This 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 theater show, this theatrical improv show sure. called professional this wrestling, soap opera, right? <laughs> yeah. Where uh, where the guys in it believe it's real so the acting is amazing because they literally are like no no no, i'm i'm this guy no no brother i my leg drop it just you know just puts guys out you up brother you know let me tell you something brother let me tell you something brother Doesn't have you heard a heel kick yet hmm? have you heard a heel kick you follow me on twitter so i tweet about this movie i'm producing heel kick no i'll tell you about it later that's amazing yeah you're you're doing a wrestling movie yeah, it would, it's it's similar to what you're talking about, where my f uh, f friend Danny Mack up there in Canada, right, he made this movie, and then he was like, oh, hey, do you want to see it? And I saw it, and I was like, oh, that's really good. And he's like, do you want to produce it? And I was like, what does that mean? Like, do I have to give you money? He's like, no, just help me promote it. I was like, oh, okay. So now I'm a producer on this thing, because it's this really funny movie that my that's friend cool. made about these two burnout backyard wrestlers who then have to go into wrestling school and try to make it work. Yeah. Just to clarify, yeah. on Bodied, I was on before there was a script. Okay. So he's I wasn't. He's, I got tagged he's on lately. He's, he's a real nothing. producer. Yeah, I'm totally right, nothing. Oh, just, shit. Yeah. So they, they put your name on it after the movie was done. Pretty much. They added some more stuff. They, I'm in the front of it, too. It's still, be, yeah, it's still being distributed. So, right. so Greg, Greg kind of came on just to help with that, to help facilitate that process and it's get in and, and, uh, and spread awareness of it. Yeah, and it's, it's a great, great movie. movie. Yeah. It's dope. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
That's amazing. Dude, I, I feel like there should be more wrestling. Actually, you know what's crazy? Um, I reached out to Paul Heyman. Like, she was like, Hell third, yeah, you the did. The third person <laughs> I reached out to when I got to LA. Like, the first one. How long ago did you get to LA? When I was 22. And you're 24 now? Uh, 32. Okay, okay, okay. A decade, okay. Yeah, anyway, you reached um, out to Paul Heyman. Paul right Heyman, uh, and he he just, you know, he left WWE. He's like, I'm done with wrestling. I don't, you know, this whole thing. Um, and I'd convinced a, uh, I'd convinced an old school producer to give me a small office in his office, which happened to be at Paramount. So all of a sudden I was like driving into Paramount every day. And I oh, felt that's like awesome. Yeah. Right? That's awesome. And I would just like blast loud rap music. As I was driving to the gate every day, I don't know why. I just felt the urge. I mean, to this do kid's this. cutting edge. Look out, everybody! I was I was more like the guy from Office Space. Mm. Mm -hmm. Love that. <laughs> right, like the, that's awesome. But, <laughs> Turning um, it down if you saw someone scary. Right, 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 right. I'd be like, sorry, Eddie Murphy. <laughs> 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 yep. Yeah, um, Please tell me you ran Eddie Murphy a bunch, like more often. than Oh no, you I actually like blocked admit. in his car because he was. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh uh, my god. He was filming. He was happy me, about me, that. Dave and I and I, I, I blocked in his car. Um, but yes, uh, I'd be terrified to meet Eddie Murphy. What? Oh my God! Yeah, no way. Be fucking terrified to meet Eddie Murphy. What was that story? Was Paul Heyman. Paul, Paul Heyman. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Paul. So Paul comes in uh, to to meet with me uh, when when I'm at, when I'm at Paramount, and uh, he was telling me about his this. He was writing a book about his life, and I was like, Whoa, whoa, whoa stop, 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 stop. Just like just like with 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 Bodied, where mm -hmm. I was like, Yeah, this is cool. It's a sports movie. Mm -hmm. With with the Paul Heyman story, I was like, Paul, I'd literally just seen a trailer for the, for the sorry, the, the wrestler hadn't even come out yet, mm. but I'd read the script. I, I'd read because the, the script was floating around. And I was like, oh my god, this is amazing! Like, I want to make stuff like this, you know, because this is actually like wrestling. And I said, Paul, your 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 life, it's it's literally almost famous meets the wrestler. That that's that's what it is. It's the it's the story of the wrestler, but just told through the lens of a little kid who snuck in to the show and mm. somehow got like full stage back. Uh, right, right, backstage back, access. Backstage yeah, access, yeah, yeah. right. I don't know if you guys know the 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 Paul's Paul Heyman story. Oh yeah, yeah. But he was like literally for those of you in yeah, the audience say, who don't know, he was he would sneak in. He called Vince McMahon Senior and he was like, "Hey, I'm a photographer for the magazine." And they're like, oh, great. Come on. Come on in. And they give him credentials and stuff. And he was just. I did that for 10 years at IGN. <laughs> totally faked my way through that. Wait, now, let me ask a dumb noob. I don't understand wrestling question. Which one's Paul Heyman? <laughs> Paul Heyman is. Not the Paul Bearer. No. No, no, no. The advocate of Brock Lesnar, sure. But more importantly, EC fucking W, man. And he's he ran not... ECW. He is the fucking awesomest, coolest. I mean, outside of the, the professional wrestling, you know, what, what WWF and WCW were trying to be, right? He was like, fuck that. Got Eastern Championship Wrestling, made it into Extreme Championship he's, Wrestling. He's Paul Heyman. Uh, I've never, I guess, verbalized this out loud. In fact, uh, DDP has repeatedly told me, please do not admit that you watch wrestling. Why? Because I think it's okay now. No, no, it's okay now. But to our our age group, right? Because mm -hmm. it's it goes back to the same thing we were talking about with Power Rangers mm -hmm. and Captain Planet and mm -hmm. video games. We were watching a different show than the adults were. Right. To the adults, they were like, "What the fuck is this?" To to us as kids, we were like, "This is amazing!" They're they're wearing these crazy costumes. They're superheroes. They're doing these. It's super comic moves. books yeah. come to life. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. It was comic books meets sports theater. For us, right? Sure. To, a, to that older generation, it was like a carny act. 
they literally viewed it through the lens of like a carnival thing. So like, uh, you know, the the amount of like you look at look at D- 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 for those of you who don't know uh, DDP, it's Diamond Dallas Page, right? He was a he was the WCW World Heavyweight Champion, um, and now is a he's a he's a yoga mogul. Is he really DDP yoga? Yeah, it's a real. He's thing. a it's yoga awesome. mogul. Yeah, yeah. He he it's travels like all the yoga. world, the world but he's doing it to save lives, right? He's 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 literally rehabbed. Uh, Google DDP and Arthur. He literally saved a guy's life who was who was crippled through yoga. Wow. Right? I mean, he well, he did it with uh, uh, who is the Jake, uh, the, Jake snake, the Snake, right? the Redemption of Jake the Snake. Now, There's an awesome documentary you got to watch about that. And he also, when Boogie was, I mean, Boogie's still obviously struggling with his weight. He just had the surgery. Still looks like everything's going great. But he DDP and Boogie got together. Where really? DDP came to his he house and like do pushups. Comes to people and helps them. This is his, he's devoted his life to going out there and helping people. Right now, if if uh, Scotty Pippen went out and and rehabbed Larry Bird. I know nothing about sports, so I don't know if the, you know, the, the that works out. That works out. If Scotty yeah. Pippen went out and like rehabbed Larry Bird, it would be like a big deal. It would be like a big news story. Like, wow, Larry Bird was on cocaine and he fucked his life up and he was living in a trailer and his, he was really on his deathbed and Scotty Pippen came and rehabbed him and helped him get his life back together and they made a documentary about it. What would have happened, right? But you, you look at the way the generation above ours viewed professional wrestling as this carny act, as this like kind of like ugh, less you know, than keep, form of entertainment. Exactly, blue collar. Exactly, that's not for us. like kind of trashy. Yeah, hundred percent. Right? Um, it, it's that documentary is very well known within the wrestling community. Sure. Once you get outside of it, people are like wrestling. Yeah, you know, whatever. It's almost like they're they're not they're not the real deal. They're right. not, you know, so. Why did I get into Dallas? Paul we're, Heyman. We were talking Paul, about Paul Heyman. I was explaining ECW. Yeah. We got over that. Well, yeah. the one thing, and then anyways, he did ECW and it was awesome and fucking mm-hmm. the best. ECW it. was a competitor to WWE. Not kind. No. I mean, it it was was like, like no, 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 no. It was like the, the, Punk the rock. rebellious. Yeah. Yeah. You know how, like, do you remember when WWF became the attitude? Were they attitude? Owned by the same company? Or? Do you remember when WWF became, like, the Don't attitude me, era? Sir. Well, I'm in the middle of my point to answer your question. WWF becomes the attitude era and Stone yes. Cold's drinking beer and their tits on TV and blah, blah, blah. They were stealing all that from ECW. Right. And then eventually ECW goes out of business and WWF or WWE buys them. Buys the just the brand ECW. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, and then, but, I assume the roster as well of whoever was. Uh, it didn't exist. No, at actually, actually, that time actually, they were yeah. It was, yeah. uh, like, RVD, Taz, yeah, okay. yeah. maybe Sabu, Lance Storm. A lot of the, yeah, some of those like people those had already guys, come over and it was late. Mahoney, and it, yeah, yeah, it was, Rhino. Yeah, Rhino. Yeah, was, the we, gore. Yeah, yeah. God, rockin' Rhino, yeah. <laughs> but what Paul what Paul Heyman was a master of uh, was 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 figuring out uh, an artist's, like, m- Vince McMahon needs, like, they needed these, like, well-rounded performers. Mm-hmm. Paul Heyman didn't need well-rounded performers. He needed guys that were really good at one thing, and he would book them in a such way he would craft their storylines their characters their matches in a way that really highlighted the one thing they were really good at he's the ultimate producer of got it professional wrestling got where it. it's just kind of like understanding what two people should have a storyline and what that storyline should be and when they revisit that storyline and how to match the, those guys up against each other and, he'll, and he'll let you be wrong had always been more yeah. the guy that's like this guy's a big guy and that guy's a big guy and they're gonna hit each other right and like so, like when like a good example is Steve Austin, right? Like he's stunning Steve Austin in WCW. He's got these like golden locks and all this shit. He gets dropped and he has a huge chip on his shoulder. He shows up at ECW and Paul's like, "That's your character." 
you're this guy who got fired from WCW and you're fucking angry about it and make fun of Hogan and make fun of this and make fun of the, the whole big wrestling industry and how that's mm. going to go. And like that g- goes over so well that then WWF picks up Stone Cold Steve Austin who becomes Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, off I the races. feel like, you know, uh, I feel like the closest comparable, not comparable, or maybe for, for me in my mind, like Paul, Paul and me are very similar in a lot of ways. Sure. Yeah. Well, that was the thing for us. It was the craziest one. I mean, like a lot of things have been crazy in my life. I shouldn't say that. But uh, in terms of when we quit IGN and went out on our own and found it kind of funny, like the day it was all popping off and it was like a big story in our industry that we had done this, Paul Heyman tweeted organically of mm-hmm. just like, yeah, we're only five days into the new year and I hear I game over Greggy and his friends. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Like, how does Paul Heyman know anything about this right now? <laughs> he's, he's like tapped in. No, man. I know. He's like well, super yeah, plugged yeah, in, right? You know, yeah. there's some guys who just never age and he's one of them. Yeah, no. He's, yeah, he's literally on one of them. Uh, DDP, by the way, is is also one of them, right? He's he's literally, Dallas and I have been have been friends for a decade. Literally a decade. Um, like literally, if I ever get married, he he's a groomsman at at my at my wedding. Like we're, you know, he he's if something's going on with me, he's one of the first people, if not the first one. Yeah, he's one of the first people, if not the first person I call. And um, we gotta he's go to this also yeah. super go plugged in. He's also super plugged in, and I think a lot of wrestlers are that way. Yeah, because. They learn early on that it's not about them. It's not about their character. It's about the audience. Yeah, yeah. Got to be in tune with that. And I feel like a lot of art, a lot of people in Hollywood have have forgotten that. Mm-hmm. It's about the audience. It's about giving the people what they want. We're yeah. so lucky. I was telling you earlier, like we were talking, and I was like, if we had to define what we do, we don't make podcasts, we don't make videos, we make community. Mm-hmm. And it's like that's that is all we need to focus on is yeah. making sure that they're happy. And hopefully yeah. this community doesn't mobilize against me after, Absolutely. after they're not they gonna not. mobilize against But going back to a point that you made earlier, which was that and I think it's I think it's worth exploring too, which is that there's there is sort of two tracks that that are here now, right? There is the homegrown your own community on the internet. Yeah. And you're right, that's a niche play, right? That is the kind of thing that we're we're obviously doing that because we like being in that space. We like we like the one-to-one interaction with people. We don't want that buffer anywhere between us, between us and the chat. That's probably there being like Nick's talking again. Oh God, wait five seconds to see if he goes off the fucking rails. Um, there's that, but then there's also the, that you're not making a case that our audience is nice. <laughs> they like to fuck with me. That's true. But I fuck well, with as long them as they back. don't like to fuck with me, we're nah, cool. nah, fine. <laughs> but but I love that. But it is a long-term strategy, right? And I think that's how, that's why I understand a lot of people, specifically from like more of an older school model, don't understand it or don't want to play in that. Because there is still something amazing about the, the Hollywood dream, right? That dream of, I'm going to write this one thing or do this one thing, and then boom, I'm off to the races. And then Kevin Feige is going to call and be like, you got Ant-Man 3 or whatever. You know, you're like, cool, here's my play. And they're like, no, you can't do that, but just direct the movie anyway. You're like, cool. Um, so there is that. But I just I just wonder, like, I, I, I mean, I know that they can both exist and they can coexist, but I wonder where that mm. convergent point is going to go. Right? Well, that's my my thing would be like, do things you never s- things never converge? Do you see? Yeah, don't you see it being mm. that the people who get this and understand this are going to eat each eat the lunch of the people who don't? Because it is bringing internet mentality to everything else, and it's the reason bringing this all together with wrestling. The Rock's so unstoppable, right? Because mm. The Rock's awesome on screen. You love watching him, but I love watching his Instagram stories more and him talking directly to me and telling it's me what's happening. Take these photos all, and doing it's this thing. Already happened, you know. Um, 
Marvel's a master of this. Netflix is a master of this, right? They've, they've really figured out the internet and it's no longer, you know, just this like weird dial up thing. It's a life form. It's yeah. a living, breathing, the internet is a living, breathing organism. And, 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 and those people that are, a, that are tapped into part of it, like yourselves, uh, you can, you can feel it. You can feel the ebb and the flow and you can, you get a sense of what can work and what will work and what definitely won't work. It's the crossover ride of like, I think the people who get it in the way, not that we're going to cross over me, The Rock or something, mm -hmm. but get it in feeding off the energy of an audience and being part of it and what this actually is and what being an internet celebrity is in 2017, right? I would yeah. have to venture to guess then the people who are the YouTubers who have the mindset now that they want to become the actors when they flip over and when they cross over, when they start appearing in films yeah. and stuff, right? That's the new version totally, of The but Rock. Totally, it, but it, it, it's bigger than the Hollywood dream in films, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I'll give you an example. Uh, let me ask you guys a question. Mm -hmm. Who is the biggest millennial brand to come out of 2016? 2016? Yeah. Jake Paul. Bigger than Jake Paul. Is there such thing? Millennial brand, yeah. Millennial brand. Like, it's a, a, brand, a brand that men, millennials have embraced as their own. Emojis? Chubbies. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you're looking at me. <laughs> Tim's like, let's I'm just see. It a guess. Tim's like, let's What's just Nick see say? what Nick says. That eclipse. I mean, you're literally like looking at this and going, "Wow, this brand figured out how to like really mobilize millennials who are, you know, who we're seen as disengaged and Snapchat, like apathetic maybe? and like, no, that's not you know, we're right? watching a movie while we're texting, while we're watching another movie, while we're playing a game. Like we're seen as these like the ADD generation mm. who are like lazy and you know." But then there's this one brand that somehow captivated most millennials. BuzzFeed. Even bigger than BuzzFeed. Snapchat. In, tw in 2016. I'm, my, my guess is Snapchat, but that's not 2016. Ready? Yes. Yeah. Bernie Sanders. Oh. I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't. No, no. You're going to have was to a fun guessing a game. <laughs> that was a good guessing game. Well, I mean, that, it, like, that was the thing. You know, that, like, so many people, so many young people were behind him, right, and believed in him, and they wanted that, and, like, wore the Bernie shirts and were out there with the stickers. Kill the Yeah, exactly. And it, the fact that it wasn't one of the big two, right? I mean, he was... Yeah. The, well, I mean, you know what I mean? Other, he right. wasn't going to be the Democratic nominee, but, like, he got really close to being the Democratic no nominee with... What I mean, basically an agenda of socialism or whatever, where I was like, oh, hey, like, you know, we're all that, in this together. That, that the millennials that our generation really embraced. Hmm. Right? And this was done through the power of social media. Yeah. It was using the same community building tools that, mm -hmm. that, that you guys are doing, right? So when I say niche, I don't necessarily mean bad. I wrote an article about uh, the future of stardom. And I, uh, if you Google, um, I can actually pull it up on my phone. And it, it was Cool Greg can Google it if you need some. Um, cool Greg's not even over there. Cool Greg, not there. Cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, you know it's 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 evolving, and the reality is bigger isn't necessarily better. That's the part sure. that everyone's missing, right? Sure. Like you take you take the the best example of this because America as a as a as a country as an empire has kind of bought into this whole philosophy of, mm -hmm. uh, of, of bigger is better, right? Like yeah. we should be in, in every industry, we should do this. So like you look at two very comparable companies, uh, Disney and Nintendo. They're very similar, mm. very similar companies, right? But then Disney starts 
just expand with, with the, it starts with the expansionism. We're going to get into all these different sectors. We're going to grow, 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 grow. We're going to acquire. We're going to acquire, get bigger. And Nintendo, you know, wants to stay a small hardware company, right? Uh, it's not that one's bad and one's good. It's it's not that. It's just this these these, these differences in, in mindsets, right? Visions. And visions. And today, we're seeing that that the future really favors the niche. Mm-hmm. It favors the, it's, and I think where, when I was talking about brand deals earlier, right, when I was saying that these, these companies come in with these brand deals and they're going up to these influencers and saying, hey, promote my, promote my drink. You have 10 million whatever on whatever platform. Right. Those are, those are, those are silly. Those are silly. Those, those, are, those are money down the drain because it's not 10 million. It's not about getting in front of 10 million people. It's about getting in front of as many of your potential customers as popular mm-hmm. as possible, right? Yeah, 100%. so your community. I'm sure if you start doing surveys and as it grows, which it will grow because you guys are dope, you're gonna start realizing like certain trends, certain like similarities between the psychological makeup of the people that define your community. 100%. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's our whole story. Right. I mean, us leaving IGN to do this, it's it's about focusing on the right audience, not just a bigger audience. Yeah. Right. And that's, yeah. the, I think that something that gets misconstrued a lot is that, that that means that we want a small audience. No, we want to grow an audience of people that believe in the vision and yes. people that want to do this. Because the more people there are, that only helps everybody. Right. Yeah, to me, there's the a, difference between the Incredible Hulk and Wolverine. Mm, yeah. Right? For mm-hmm. our generation, everyone in the world knows, knows the Hulk. You go up to people like the Hulk, they're like, oh, I know the Hulk, he's big and green, right? Mm-hmm. Fewer people knew Wolverine. But we were emotionally engaged with Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Like, I used to put pencils oh, yeah. and go like, oh, we all do. did, right? Still do. Sometimes <laughs> I stab Greg. Wolverine, like, you may not have had the awareness of the Hulk, but he had the emotional engagement. Yeah, I think for me it boils down to kind of what you're talking about is when you th- when I when I when I bow back to looking at our lives as a career, right? I want to have the kind of career that's sustainable, and I think that's what you're talking about. Is yeah. instead of having that burnout career of like, hey, you did something huge, but then maybe you can't get another role someplace, which is more the traditional Hollywood path. I think what would make me happy is getting to do this on a on, on an ever increasingly bigger and cooler scale every day for the rest of my life. Yeah. And I've had people jokingly talk about like. Like, would you ever, uh, like, what's next after kind of funny? You know, people say that every once in a while in the community. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You guys don't understand. Like, this is the base. Like, this is what everyone else, what everyone is there allows me to do this forever. And so growing this is the priority. Like, this is always growing the community and being able to to play in this pond forever in an ever-increasingly big, like, bigger pond. And the pond keeps getting flooded. It's yeah. exactly right. And the ducks come. You got to shoot them. And one it, it, the wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> all I thought you were water. swimming in the pond. They're I didn't know you were hunting. <laughs> um, it's fascinating. But no, but yeah, but uh, and I love that because that niche, that more focused, um, more focused audience, that more focused type of a career allows you to have more of a sustainable career. It's and the for thing longer. where it's, it's not the biggest audience. It's the right on it audience. Yeah. It's about finding that, you know what I mean? And it's the fact that like when we do ads, we pick ads that are set for things that, Oh, okay, that's cool. We like that. Or we've used that or like, yeah. like how we use blue apron. And that resonates with our audience because I, you know, learned to, I've, they followed me on this journey of falling yeah. in love with cooking and they know that I've used blue apron. I mean, historically, like, right. When, when you go back before uh, big media, before the consolidation of big media corporations, before any of this stuff, before the television, we had community leaders 
mm-hmm. just had community leader. Every community had a little leader, like, a, like you know, the, the person that was like the consciousness of the thing. And that's fundamentally, you guys are all artists. Most of the people watching it have an artistic bone in their body. Otherwise, they, they would be going to like a, I don't know, a makeup channel or like sure, a... Sure. The accounting channel. people or some... Some uh, fucking like your, your audience, YouTube. your audience is choosing to come to you guys, and you guys promote positivity and all these wonderful, wonderful things. Um, and throughout history, there have been those community leaders, and that's that's the role you guys are 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 inhabiting in this incarnation of humanity. You are you are the community leader, right? And that's a very important, crucial role. For, for our species. Thank you for letting us be your community leaders. <laughs> <laughs> it's all going to hell. That's because of the ducks, I'm telling you right God now. God damn, I don't understand this duck stuff. shit in our water, bro. We gotta just take them out. Is this like a metaphor? I'll tell you one when I was a kid, there was a little game called Duck Hunt. There was, yeah. Right, and the ducks used to come into my pond, and I used to take them out. So really how duck in. And my dog would go get them. He'd be happy. He'd laugh at you a lot. That was a I don't big know talking about anymore. Yeah. It's been a long week already. It's only Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's true. <laughs> Addy, what else? Anything else you want to you wanna put on this podcast? I could What's plug Addy Shankar's Gods and Secrets. You just did it again. Yeah. Yeah. There it is. It's coming one day to something. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, again, it's a passion project. Do um, we know when we'll have more details about this? Do you have any timing on that? Soon, when's maybe this next, not when's soon. This, when's this next? Yeah, when's this next YouTube video? That's like what I pitched. When's that coming? When, the Kingdom Come one. If like he the, has a Kingdom Come with John Hamm and Michael Keaton, <laughs> I will fucking laugh in your face. I don't care. I'm glad somebody's <laughs> getting it done. Come true. That's the thing. I mean, it's funny because it's like I've never wanted to produce and make a Power Ranger movie. I would want to make that Power Ranger thing on YouTube, and I think it's that's interesting because you said thing. I make dreams come true. Yeah, and it's in, it, thank you. That, you do. That's pretty dope. Um, I. I was just trying to like, there's like these things in my head and I want them to exist and they don't a lot of the time. And I'm like, oh shit, it'd be cool if this thing existed. Right. And then the fact that other people watch it and are like, yo, this is dope. I felt the same way that, that is the moment where I don't feel like the kid who was like moving around every two and a half years and didn't have a home. Sure. Or, and didn't have a mm-hmm. sense of stable community. Like I'm like the community are the people like I'm not alone because everyone else was seeing the same fucking show I was. They just weren't articulating it. Right. That's why it's awesome to be now, right? Yeah. Because I feel like that I was the same way of reading comics and not having anyone to talk to about the comics or playing or games wrestling. and not having anyone to talk. But no, I had people talk about wrestling. But <laughs> yeah, it was po. the thing of but, like, but the thing is, I, 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 you know, when, when, when Max made that, when Max Landis made that wrestling isn't wrestling video, I was like, oh my gosh, like, cause it came out like two weeks, three weeks after Power Rangers. And I remember watching and being like, oh my gosh, literally this dude was seeing exactly what I was seeing. Like we were watching the same programming because whenever I would try to like get other kids into wrestling, they'd be like, dude, this is whack. Like this is mm-hmm. fake. Or it'd be like something like that, which of course it's fake. It's not real. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Spoilers. but it's, yeah, it's like the internet has allowed us to, to you find to, it. To, to redefine community. Yep. You can find it, and if you're going to make something that you believe in, there'll be other people out there who want to watch it and believe Absolutely. in it, too. And that's yeah. why it's so powerful yeah. and cool. As long as it's authentic and truthful. Yeah. And that's the key, right? That's why ECW 100%. worked. It was authentic, and it was truthful. That's why American Vandal's dope. That's why I'm excited for Body. It's truthful. It looks Body authentic Body is authentic, and, and it's very truthful. It, it, you know, it's, it's literally very... It's authentic, and it's truthful, and it comes from the community. 
Um, I want to get you and Max Landis on a podcast. Just you two. Just put we put him in the room and we leave. some mics. We'll walk away. Let's just let him talk. I'll, I'll just be like, hey, guys, pitch me your vision of a, how, how do you fix Transformers and just walk away. What would you do with Fast and Furious? Just walk away. Did you oh, hear wow. his Transformers pitch earlier? You had a Transformers pitch? Was I was actually going to do it as a as a bootleg. That was this oh was going to follow uh, follow Power Rangers. Um, I had this. It's really good. whole uh, ten minute story beat it out, where I was going to position it as a as a GI Joe short. Like, oh, here's my GI Joe short, right? But the whole time, it's it's Destro. He surrendered himself, right? So he's like, he's like, guys, just take me in, take me in. Look, and they're like, we don't trust you, Destro. And so they're they're interrogating him, right? And he's like, look, you have to believe me, okay? Cobra Commander is dangerous. They're like, we already knew that. He's like, no, 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 he's dangerous. Like, he sold us all out. He's like, we mean us out. He's like, the humans. And the whole time, this is crosscut with Snake Eyes leading an entire task force to to go and take down Cobra, who's just kind of sitting by the throne by himself, right? So now he's, so at the end, it's surrounded. Meanwhile, we're cross-cutting between, so, so Cobra's on the throne, he's cross-cut between the throne and, uh, and Destro, and they're like, look, he sold us out, he sold us out. And then finally, the last, uh, the last shot, and I've skipped all the, the beats in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the middle, but it, the final shot of it is Cobra's like, look, okay, I surrender. Here, let me toss my gun to you. He takes his gun out and he like throws it on the to Snake Eyes and it transforms into Megatron. I love it, right? I mean, that's I'm fucking in. awesome. I like you a lot. Really? <laughs> yeah, I do. Dope. I want to. I come don't over like me sometimes. I get that. Really? Sometimes the sometimes, but I think it's a, it's the overall. Well, that's all of us, right? I think we all. Yeah. Like, we all don't like it. We all don't like ourselves at some. I point. hate me most of the yeah. time. That's not true. No, yeah, you're a good. Kid. I hate me a little. Oh, you guys are great, man. And and Thank honestly, you. like, there's there's something else I've noticed uh, spending the last few hours here is you guys actually like are friends. You guys are like oh, literally, yeah. genuinely like you you guys are leading this, creating this, building, fostering, cultivating this community. But there's a community happening here as well, which is which is which is just so great, right? Because you see, uh, and I just hope you guys never lose that. Because as you guys grow, as the community develops, as, as you guys get more resources, it becomes very easy to just kind of fall back into becoming that, that corporate, you know, streamline, turning it into a business. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, the community leadership goes away. No, nah, that's not, we won't let that happen. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's not the point of that. That's what this is all about. You know what I'm saying, Tim? Yeah, I know what Nick, saying, you know what man. I'm saying? Woo! That's my man. Sorry, let me try again. Woo! No, is that more Rick Flair? He's trying to do more of a Ric Flair stuff. I'm trying now. to nail my Ric Flair. I've already got an amazing Christopher Walken and so so Michael Caine. But Ric Flair is really what I want to get well, into. Well, now you're going to do the walking. Why are you always hitting me right on the nipple? <laughs> I don't know. It's just right there. It's perfect. Oh, give, give him some walking. Give him some walking. No, I can't do it now because you put me on the spot. Walking doesn't do what you want him to do. Walking just does it. He's like Bill Murray. He doesn't have a cell phone. Can't even call him. Do you have Bill Murray's number? No. That'd no. be amazing. Yeah. I want that number because you got that thing you got to call and leave the message. Because I feel like if I could get it, I could call and be like, we do this show just every day. Had, just come I've by one day. I've had a series of very weird interactions with Bill Murray. Lay him on me. I mean, really not that interesting. They're just kind of weird. Um, <laughs> I was making uh, The Voices, which is a serial killer film um, told through the perspective of the serial killers. So for the first 10 minutes, you think you're watching a rom-com with Ryan Reynolds. 
where he has this ability, this Dr. Doolittle-like ability to talk to animals. And the animals are, like, making fun of him and, you know, whatnot. And then slowly they start telling him to kill people when he starts doing it. And you realize he's off his meds, right? And then halfway through the movie, he goes back on his meds. And then it goes from being this, like, Wes Anderson movie into a David Fincher, like, seven type Jeez. scenario, right? Um, I'm actually in the movie, too. But that's a weird tangent. Sorry. Do you have lines in it or are you just like in the background? Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. I have lines in it. Like I, I, well, I had braces installed. Okay. And I talked. For this uh, part? Oh, yeah, yeah, for this part. And I, and I did it because uh, the, the role was written for, uh, for the bully in the office, right? So he's the guy, uh, his name's John. And he like, the character's written as Trendy John. And he just goes around like bullying Ryan Reynolds, right? And I was like, you know what would be amazing? If I had braces installed and I did it with a thick Indian accent but I still played it like I was the coolest motherfucker on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, where I, yeah, dude, I mean, the, the most terrified I've been was, you know, the, the first, you know, when I first was like, I'm moving to Hollywood and I don't know anybody and I have no connections and I'm going to make something work. That was like the most terrified. And the second most terrified I've ever been was, was getting in the car and driving to set that day. Cause my first, professional acting experience was like acting in a scene across from Ryan Reynolds. That's awesome. Talking shit to him. Talking right. shit. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, when I, when I act, I get like, I get like in, in it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Cause I'm I have pretty... to stay in character all day. Otherwise, cause I, cause if, I, if you're not acting all the time, you, when you act, you have to stay in character all day. Otherwise, you know, it's, it's hard. So then I like kind of started like, it was weird. It was just, it was just, it was just like, and, and to this day, it, it, he still TPs Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, I was going to say, still fucks Ryan Reynolds. Still just like I'm a fuck up Lansky's ass. Toilet What's paper. When you go like, you're, you're bullying him. You're bullying him. Yeah, you're bullying him still. We're going to go TP our friend Mike I Ranchi's actually house. like disliked him for the longest time through this shoot. Really? Yeah, it was weird because I'd like convinced myself he was fake because I was like in, in character and he's just such a nice guy. He's just such a nice, like he's just, it's because he's. Fucking Canadian, you know Canadians They're are just really so nice. Fucking nice, it's annoying. It's He's like, hey, how are you, buddy? Like, and I'm like, fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't really care how I am. And I was like, like, we'd be having dinner. I'd be trying like, to like visiting your mom in the hospital. I'd be like uh, trying to pull him into my vortex of negativity. Mm -hmm. But it was just I was just sucking deep in this character, plus like insecure, which mm -hmm. I'm still insecure. But like back then, I was even more insecure. Um, why was I saying that story? You're telling us about voices. Bill Murray. Bill Murray. Bill Murray, right. So we're yeah. making the film in Berlin because the uh, the director, Marjan Satrapi, she's she's an amazing woman. Um, her uh, she made a, she wrote a book called Persepolis about her. Oh about her no life. shit. She, yeah, really? She made, she made the movie as well. Wow. Yeah, yeah, okay. the, so she's massively talented and she would she would tell me every day she'd come come up to me and be like, Eddie, you are the weirdest person I have ever met <laughs> in my life. And I love it. Don't change. And I'd be like Okay. I hate Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> that is a backhanded compliment. That's not fair. Bill um, Murray. But 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 yes. Sorry. So um, so, uh, Clooney was shooting uh, Monument Monuments Man. Men at the same time, and we were all staying in the same hotel. And literally everywhere he went, like Bill Murray would just be like following him around. It was hilarious. It was just like Bill Murray would just be like kind of tagging along. 
And then you would just see Bill Murray, like, you know, we'd come home and be like, hey, Bill. And you'd be like kind of wandering around the hotel. Like <laughs> He's like a ghost. You're like literally like this dude is literally a character from a Wes Anderson movie. Yeah. I want to hang out with Bill Murray so bad. I you feel like we gotta like get the phone me. number. Somebody's gotta know. I feel like he'd like me, and we would secretly talk in secret about yeah. how much we both were like, we don't like Greg. <laughs> My turn against you. Yeah. <laughs> if you didn't know, this has been the Game Over Greggy Show each and every week. Four, sometimes five. Best friends gather on this table. Each bring a random topic discussion for your amusement. If you like that, head over to patreon.com slash kindoffunny where a couple of bucks can get you the show early. How early, Nick? You're watching it right now. On patreon.com. Thank you so Damn. much, everybody over there. Dollar subscribers, it's great. You can get it, obviously, early as a video and MP3 as well, but if you have no bucks to toss our way, no big deal. Head over to youtube.com slash kindoffunny where we put the show up topic by topic day by day until it goes up as one big video and mp3 the following friday addy you've been amazing i'm a bit we're friends now i'm a big fan we're all hanging out it's all happening it's good yeah time. dude i'm having a guys this was just such a great time because i just got to like talk to you guys you know it's what I mean? fun there right it wasn't like there wasn't the so what was brad like like you're like the fuck what the fuck kind of question is that like, no i can't i can't just still like you know when you get that we were talking about this outside yeah like i always freeze up the moment i get the question with the blank mm -hmm. look sure and i'm like no one's there to help uh, you uh uh I, I i i don't and then i'll you know it's it's just it's just great to be able to talk and have a conversation about about ideas. You're welcome here anytime. And, and, and you guys, you it's guys just do. like what I love about your channel and and the content you guys make is it's there's there's thought behind it. You guys are intellectualizing the culture. You're not just adding to the noise. You're adding a perspective and a point of view to it. And I think going forward, as the nerd culture, the nerd ecosystem engulfs everything else, it becomes over. the prominent ecosystem, right? Mm -hmm. These characters go from being like these, oh, cool little cartoons for kids to like, no, no, no. These are these are like brands that can communicate to people. You guys play a very important role in that ecosystem in navigating that for the consumers of that. Thank you. Well said. Yeah. Don't leave. Just stay here. You make me feel Just stay so here forever. Important. You can work out of our office from now on. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, it's been our pleasure to serve you.